Welcome to the Unscripted Podcast. My name is Corby LaCroix, and the song you're hearing right now is called Great and Mighty One, available on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your music. But for now, here's your host and my friend, Aaron Conrad. Great Redeemer, God of grace. All right, everybody, welcome back to Unscripted from my studios powered by the Spot Athletics. And this is going to be fun today. Jason, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and we'll just really dive right in. Yeah, you bet, Aaron. Thanks so much for having me. My name is Jason Anthony Palmazano, and I live on the East Coast of Florida and founder of Win Your Days, which is personal growth and development for men. It is all about helping men win in life, love, and business so that they can do what they want with the people they love and have the kingdom impact they desire. And we met through a mutual friend. So a little shout out to Trey for, uh, yeah. for the connection, but good to meet you virtually <laughs> for the first no time. Hard. But actually it turns out we were in the same room about, I don't know, a year and a half ago, something like that. And we didn't even know we, that. We were, we were at a men's retreat. Didn't know, you know, you were there, didn't haven't met you. And we also have the Tar Heels as common ground between us as well. So I'm all good <laughs> being right. on here with a fellow Tar Heel. That's right. That's, that's a pretty good place to start when you're starting a friendship is, oh. although this year is, we won't even get into it, but this year's We're a little frustrating. So, <laughs> as I found out yesterday, I, I just said a simple tweet or whatever day it was, they played Monday night and that thing is, is still going. And I'm, I'm being made well aware that Tar Heel fans are very passionate. Yeah, they <laughs> are. If they don't, oh yeah. Especially, yeah. especially if they don't agree with you. So anyway, <laughs> anyway. Moving on. It's great to meet you. And so let's start at the beginning. You started Trinity Fitness, I believe it's called. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So, and that wasn't something, Aaron, that we were trying to do. That was back in 2008. And my wife came to me and she just said, I'm ready for a change. And then there was a pause. And have you ever an instance, and, and maybe the listeners have too, where like there's a pause and you've got dozens of thoughts going through your mind all at the same time you've been there. been there she says i'm ready for a change pause and i'm like does she i thought we had a good marriage does she want to trade me in where is this going you know what what and then the pause ended thankfully and she said can you help me i'm ready for a change can you help me and yeah. what had happened to us is that we had had four kids in four years like a lot of great moms she pours all of her time, all of her energy into the kids, let herself go in the process. Mm. And she was just at the point in 2008 where she was ready to get her life back. And so I started training her in our garage right behind the wall where I'm sitting. And next thing I know, the whole neighborhood, Aaron literally is running up and down my street doing burpees with me. Really? So I got a building named at Trinity Fitness. 10 years later, we got 18 gyms across multiple states. And it was just about helping people get in the, inspiring people to get in the best physical and spiritual shape of their lives. And so that really resonated with people. And that started in 2008. I was blessed to serve as the CEO, not only founder, but CEO for the first 13 years. And God had just brought some amazing, talented leaders together. We were able to impact a lot of lives, bring a lot of people into the kingdom through a thing called fitness. You know, who knew? And so that's how all of that 
started and, you know, Trinity Fitness and, and it's still going today. And I, I'm no longer the CEO, but I believe they just opened one up in Phoenix, Arizona. So going strong. What do you think was the success? Because there are so many gyms. They're like, it's like pizza places. You know, there's, there's so many of them, at least around, at, at least around us. There's so many different ones. And you know, what, what do you attribute the success to it? Clearly God had his hand on it. <laughs> you know, he did. What, what do you think was the, the key to the success that you had to have the kind of growth that you had? Well, I think we modeled what Jesus did. That's it. We didn't start out that way. We started out as just me responding to my wife. Can you help me? Absolutely. You know, I'm sure a lot of the listeners here would agree that it's hard, if not impossible, to help somebody until they're ready to be helped. Well, when my wife reached out, she was ready. And so game on, started training her in the garage. Well, a lot of people started coming because we lived two blocks from the school, Kids, all four kids were in elementary school. My wife would walk the kids to school and the other moms were like, what are you doing? How can I be involved? So all of a sudden the garage, the neighborhood literally flooded mm. with people wanting to get in shape. And very quickly it turned into a little toxic in people's minds because of the, the you know how the enemy loves to come in and create comparison and unhealthy competition? Like, how come you're like this and I'm not changing and you're changing? And it, and it really got a little unhealthy. So in that moment, we were like two months in at this point, I pulled out my Bible and did an impromptu devotion. Like your body is not your own. You've been mm. bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. We're not here at 530 in the morning just to get a workout in. We're here to honor God with our... So when I did that devotion... It resonated with people. It was one of the things that set Trinity Fitness apart from other gyms. They said, hey, can you do that every time? Like, oh my gosh. So every day, 5.30 a.m., I'm coming up with a short three-minute, five-minute devotion. That really resonated and clicked. That's when Trinity Fitness really was born. Then from there, we had a 6.30 class and a 9.30 class and an after-school class for teachers would come by the house. Then the men wanted to get involved, like, but they didn't want to work out with their wives because their wives were getting in great shape. They were intimidated. So we did a men's group <laughs> at night. And so all these people were coming to the house, but you know, we were, we, I set it up as a 501c3 nonprofit. That was another thing that set us apart. I think to answer your question, Aaron, you have to know your identity. Yeah. What are you all about? And every man not just Jim, but every man needs to define that for himself. What are you about? What do you stand for? What's your philosophy for life? What do you value? And don't come off of that. And I think we were successful because we knew what we believe. We knew what we stood for and we weren't, we weren't going to come off of that. Hmm. And the timeline wise, were you guys still in that during the pandemic or, or did you step down before that? So I stepped down actually during it was after so the pandemic hit and i helped the team pivot so we went to online workout it was beautiful like you know zoom really helped us out there and we were able to sure. keep everybody together then once gatherings started happening we met lot in parks still not in enclosed buildings but we met in parks and then things opened up again and they got off and running 
And that's when I began the transition. One of the things, Aaron, that energized me the most, because I wasn't planning on starting Trinity Fitness. I had no business plan, no name. It was just, let me help my wife out. Mm. But what was really energizing about the whole thing was vision came really easy to me. I was able to see where we're going, how the dots connect, what's the next piece of the puzzle that needs to come into play in order to keep it. And that was a gift from God. So vision came easy until one day it didn't. Yeah. And go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. I well, apologize. I, it was literally like, Aaron, if you would have went to the vision was like water coming out of a faucet. It was like you went and turned that faucet off. I had nothing. And it was the really? weirdest feeling. It was very draining, de-energizing. My team kept coming to me going, hey, what are we doing next? Where are we going? What's the plan? And normally I would be able to spout that out. I had nothing. I had nothing oh. for them. And that went on, you know, more than a couple of days, a couple of weeks. I'm like, I'll just ride it out. It'll come back. A couple of months goes by. Still nothing. Finally, I brought my executive board that I reported to and my leadership team together. And I said, I don't, I've lost my vision mm. and I'm not sure what to do about it. I started studying leadership back in my mid twenties. And one of the first things I noticed was that there are some leaders who hang on too long. Right. Have you ever seen a sports figure hang on too long? or a leader Absolutely. of some sort, right? They hang on too long and it sure. never goes well for the organization. It never goes well for the people they're serving. And back in my mid twenties, I thought if that's ever me, like, God, if you ever have me in a place and position of leadership, I promise I will not hold on too long. And so when I lost vision, I was brought right back to that and thought, maybe it's my time. So I told my board, the executive board and the leaders, and, you know, of course they were like, are you kidding me? They said, why don't you take a sabbatical? Mm -hmm. And I had never heard of that before. Like, I, I mean, I've heard of a sabbatical, but I wasn't even sure what, what do you do? What is it for? Yeah. yeah. So I started researching, like, what do you do on a sabbatical? What's the point? And. It resonated with me because you, you and I have sports backgrounds. In sports, the coach calls a timeout at critical moments in time. Mm, mm -hmm. They regather. Yeah. Like they got to slow down time, assess the situation, come up with a game plan, break, go execute the game plan so that they can win. I'm like, oh, that's what a sabbatical is all about. So I wound up taking that six week sabbatical to try and gain some clarity. And the Lord made it pretty clear that, Hey, your time is up. You've brought them. I've, you've brought them as far as you can. And I've got something else for you. And I wasn't sure what the something else was. So I, in faith, I said, Oh, I came back and it was a six week sabbatical and thought, okay, told the team, told the executive board, it's, it's my time to transition. But again, going back to the mid-20s, my mid-20s, when I was studying leadership, the second thing I noticed was that a lot of times a leader doesn't exit well. It's right. a mess. Whether it's a pastor leaving a church or 
You know, it just oftentimes is a mess when the leader leaves, particularly when the leader was the founder of the organization. I thought, oh my God, right. Right. And so I thought, I don't want that to be me. How do we do this well that honors God, honors the people, honors the leaders. And so together we came up with a year long secession plan that was all of 2021. Every quarter we would take a step, step down of responsibility shift. To me, it felt slow. To my leaders, it was like, no, the pace is great. And we worked mm-hmm. it so that, so, so really, in essence, we assessed the situation. We came up with a game plan, year-long secession plan. We executed it all of 2021. At the end of 2021, it was a beautiful, beautiful transition. Everybody already knew who the new CEO was, voted them in, incredible guy out of Colorado Springs who was running one of our gyms over there, does a phenomenal job. And so we won that. And I, I transitioned into win your days, which is personal growth and development for co for men, just helping them win in life, love, and business. And, and basically what I do is what God taught me. What I do with men is we assess, we make a game plan, we execute, we go win. And I teach men that and they just win their lives, their love, their business. And uh, it's been an incredible journey. I don't know that I've ever heard of a secession plan like that, where a year long, I, I, I'm not, not I left a job. I gave, I I told them I would give two weeks if, but if they needed more, because again, I, you always want to leave well. Right. And I said, uh, you know, if you guys need four, the place Mm -hmm. I was going to go to was willing to, thankfully was graceful enough to give me the four. And I think I ended up doing five and I'm going to be honest with you by the fifth or fourth, fifth week, it got very awkward. Mm. Got awkward. Mm. So I can't imagine a year. So that that takes incredible leadership on your point, Mm. your part, because like I said, that was four or five weeks and it just started getting awkward because you know, there's there's no longer you're not the guy calling the shots at that point. You know, you like you said, you had a new CEO and Right. And yet you're still there, yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And people still yeah. come to you and you're like, yeah. we'll go to them. I, you got that, that had to be an incredible transition over the course of a year. It really did. It, 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 it was Aaron and it thankfully didn't feel awkward. It felt very natural. So if you can imagine 18 locations across multiple states, time zones, lots of boards of directors, lots of staff. By rule, what in studying leadership, what I learned was that the higher you are in the organization and the more you had to do with it by way of forming the organization, i.e. founder, the longer the transition needs to be. I think Dave Ramsey right now with Financial Peace, he is working a multi-year secession plan. He talks about it and he's bringing two people always more and more to the forefront. I think one of them's his daughter. Don't quote me on that, but, but I've kind of from a distance been watching Dave Ramsey work the secession plan and his is a lot longer than a year, Yeah, but I think he's doing it really, really well. And yeah, it, you have to, as a leader, hang in there for the benefit of the organization and the people that you're serving. And so, like I said, to me, it felt slow. To them, it was right on pace. And I had, to, I had to ask them, like every quarter, I'm like, hey guys, is this a good pace for you? Is this good? Is this going, what, what do you need more of from me? What do you need less of from me? Things like that. It's funny because we are fans of Carolina 
And um, so you have two blue bloods. You have North Carolina. You have our favorite Duke, right? But, you know, Coach K, you know, it, you know, thoughts aside of the entire charade last year. I said charade out loud, didn't I? No, thoughts aside of the entire retirement party last year. You know, he had identified John Shire early. Everybody knew who was taking over for Coach K. And so he had a succession plan mm-hmm. like we we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Roy just pretty much walked in one day and said, I'm done. And right. in a bad way. I mean, he did it gracefully. He earned the right to retire, you know, brought in family. So just two very interesting ways to go about that with mm-hmm. two of the maybe most powerful programs in college basketball. It's very interesting to see that John, it seems like may not have, Now, I'm not a huge fan of theirs. I don't follow their, you know, blogs and boards and everything else that they have podcasts. So I don't know, maybe their fan base is as upset as Carolina's is, but it, it would be interesting to see how this plays out because, yeah. because Coach K identified John early right. and Hubert was picked in many right. ways. Right. Does that make right. sense? It does. Yeah. Hubert was a player when I was a player there. I played wide receiver for the That's Tar Heels. Yeah. Yeah. It was a re- Oh, so my wife and I were cleaning out the back room. Look at what we found. There that it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Fantastic. that was that is a that is a game program from 1987. That was my freshman year. That's Eric Lewis. He was a fellow wide receiver on the cover of that. So anyway, but but Hubert Davis was a player there, and I think what would have helped Hubert, and I don't know all the details, right? I'm, sure, I'm from the sure. outside looking in, but is a transfer of power. So everybody, fan base and all, needs to know there is a transfer of power. They need to see the transfer of power. They need to hear from coach Williams, the buildup of Huber and, and some of that was going on. And so, sure. but, but when that happens, it makes it a bit easier for the onboarding new coach. Yeah. And when you're taking over an organization, whether it's business or sports, there's not a lot of grace. Um, at the level that they're at. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I always like coming in with the white hat. I, I don't know why throughout my career, it seems like I always took jobs where it was kind of in a shambles because I loved rebuilding it and bringing it back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a little different when you take the keys to the Ferrari and you've never driven a Ferrari publicly mm-hmm. <laughs> and everybody's watching how well you're taking the turns and those kind of things. So right. anyway, it, just interesting leadership stuff. Plus what's your thoughts too, on the fact that, and this applies across any business. I've always heard that you don't ever want to be the guy that replaces the guy. You'll be the guy that replaces the guy that replaced the guy. Is that true? <laughs> oh man. I, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with mindset. You know, how do you feel about yourself? What's your self-image like? Do you really believe that you're worthy and capable of being the man that God called you to be? And when you have that sense of worth, so if your worth is coming from your relationship with the Lord and you believe the things that Jesus said, like all things are possible for the one that believes and it'll, it'll go to you as you believe it will, you know, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Like you have that confidence to stand on your foundations, not on your performance. When your, when your, when your confidence is based on performance, you're on a slippery slope because you're only as good as your last win or your last, you know, the last 
performance. So when a man's able to rise above that and be secure in who he is as a leader and be secure enough to bring assistants around him that are even better than he right. is, that takes right. a secure leader. And you can see it. Like in my study of leadership, it was very, very obvious the insecure leaders. You can tell them because it always had to be their idea. They always had to be perceived as the man. But the secure leaders, the one that were, they were grounded, they knew who they were, like going back to what makes Trinity Fitness different, like our identity, we knew what it was and we wouldn't come off that. When a man knows his identity and doesn't come off of it, that's a secure leader. Right. Then, then he, his, his own self-worth, his self-image isn't tied to what just happened last game, good or bad. Right. Right. Even in a fan base like Carolina, for example. Interesting. So sorry, we, I didn't, I don't think we got off track there. I think that was actually kind of in line with what you were talking about. So you have, you left and now you've started win your day and what, what led to that and, and where is it going? How's it going? Oh, so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, when I was in junior high, I had one of my football coaches impacted my life tremendously. So a quick story, when I was 10 years old, I went out to play peewee football. First time ever putting on a football helmet, practiced with the team for two weeks. Coach blew his whistle, water break. All of us kids went over, got our Dixie cups filled with Gatorade, kind of on a knee talking. Coach came over in front of the whole team. He looks at me and he goes, he goes, Jason, you're not much of an athlete. Maybe you ought to go do something else. Points to the sideline. Like, wow, not much of an athlete. Go do something else. I'm just 10 years old. What does this guy want from me? Right. It's like first time playing. So I walked off the field and I go, man, I'm never playing this sport again. And that was, I was living in Connecticut. And shortly after that, my family moved to Florida where I live today. And sure enough, didn't play sports until junior high again. Like I just believed I wasn't any good. I believed that I wasn't capable of, of playing as not talented. Right. I had a junior high coach pin me up against the locker room wall and go, Jason, if you come out for the team, I believe you're going to be my star player. Yeah. And he spoke so life. He spoke like, there's a proverb that says, this words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. I think it's Proverbs 18, 12. And he, or the first coach, was bringing the sword, slicing and dicing. Coach Buchanan spoke life into me. And I went out for the team and did pretty well. And he kept encouraging me. Went on to play high school ball and then got the scholarship to the University of North Carolina. And shoot, I don't even know where we were going with that. I got, I got off track, but just like, why, why did I do the things that I did? Well, that, the belief that that coach instilled in me completely turned my life around. And so I believe, you know, leaving Trinity Fitness, I believe a man needs to know when he needs to walk away from something. And I'm not suggesting that every man listening to this, hey, it's time for a career change. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> but a man needs to know what he needs to walk away from. He needs to know the changes in his life that he needs to make. And for many men, it's not career, it's habits. 
Yeah. It's, yeah. it's thoughts, it's behaviors. Because if you don't, if, if you don't walk away from those and you know, every man knows deep down inside what it is in his life, he needs to, if you don't walk away from it, your life begins to unravel and then you wind up hurting the lives all around you as well. And so again, tying that back to leadership is like, I didn't want to be the man that holds on too long. And if I can encourage any men listening now is don't be the guy that holds on too long to the habits, to the behaviors, to the thoughts that you need to let go of. Um, it reminds me, Aaron, of, of the old parable it is actually, I think it was true is it back in the Amazon jungles when the hunters used to catch spider monkeys, all as they would do was take a coconut and they would carve a small hole in it, hollow it out. And then they would put some bait inside the coconut that was really attractive to the spider monkeys. Sometimes it was fruit. Sometimes it was something shiny like beads. And so they would tie the coconut off. Oh, I don't know, maybe four or five foot rope, tie it to the base of the tree. And the spider monkey would come along, slip his paw into the hole to grip the bait. But when he grips it, it makes a fist and his fist can't fit back out of the hole. But the spider monkey won't let go. Right. The hunters are coming. The monkey sees the hunters. All he has to do is just let go of the bait, but he won't do it. You know what he does? He holds on tighter. He works harder. He grips firmer. He's trying to get away. And all the hunters have to do is casually walk up, throw a net, throw a rope around the monkey, and he's trapped. And men, all they need to do is let go, whatever that is. Otherwise, they wind up feeling like guilt and shame and the enemy brings in, you're not worthy, you're not capable, you know, and you feel trapped. And that's why I created Win Your Days to assess, to game plan, to execute, to win so that men will go from feeling fettered to feeling free, alive energized, living a purposeful life, fulfilling their meaning. You know, when I watch them, um, you may, some of the, some of you guys listening to this, you may have watched Shawshank Redemption or the Green Mile, right? Some of those prison movies and they, and they walk the prisoners in and they're cut. You ever see that? They're cuffed, right? And then they have shackles on their ankles with a, a short chain so that the man can't take full length steps. And he kind of comes in shuffling. That's what fettered is. I, I looked that up. I'm like, what does fettered mean? What does it look like? And a lot of men walking around today, Aaron, they're walking around with invisible fettered chains mm. because they won't like, they're like the monkey. They won't let go of the thing that's wrecking. And, and, it, and it doesn't have to be a destructive like addiction. It could be just negative thoughts, limiting, limiting thoughts. Like I, I don't believe I can do that. I don't believe I could achieve scarcity mindset towards money right? All these things. A man needs to be set free from that to live all that he was created to be. Men were created to be great. Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. Superstars, greatness in this game of life. The biggest stadium a man will ever play in is the stadium of life. He needs to be turned loose 
and the enemy loves to create shackles and fetters. So I find it interesting because at the beginning you were talking about your wife and how you started Trinity and you started that because she came to you with saying, I'm not where I need to be. I'm, I'm not who I need to be. Um, it's interesting that you've now started when the day, when your day, because I think, I think, I can't remember if we talked about this. I believe we did offline. I feel like men are not as quick to throw up the, the red flag or send out a flare to say, I'm not where I need to be. Now they know it, whether or not they'll ask for help, which goes back to, I think your point. So that's why I like this model a lot, because I think that's, are those two connected? It seems like they may be connected. Oh yeah. And that you, you saw that in your wife, you were able to, and look where that went, but, but that was never the intention was you were just trying to help your bride, right? you know, and she was, she was wise enough to ask for help. I think we're tr to your point a minute ago, where guys get in trouble is they won't ask for help. They'll grip tighter. Yeah. They'll work yeah. harder. Yeah. They'll try to fix their way out of it. And they're not quick to raise a hand and say, I need somebody, I need some help. I'm that, not where I need to be. That's so good, Aaron. That's so good. And that, that's, that's a, a wise, astute observation. It's a hundred percent true. Even to me who had studied leadership, I committed not to be the guy who hangs on too long. Mm -hmm. Even with that. When my executive board and leadership team said unanimously, maybe you should take a sabbatical. You know what I did? I resisted that because I looked up, I wasn't sure what a sabbatical was. So I did, I looked it up and researched it. And you know what I said? I said, oh, that, that means I'm weak. Right. That, right. that means, that means I'm admitting that I don't know the way yeah. and I'm weak. And I need time off because I can't handle it. That's not what it means. It's not what it means at all. Like every champion and championship team calls timeouts. Sure. Men just don't do that. Men are like, pull myself up by my bootstraps. I'll get this. I'm not, I'll, I, I'm not going to show weakness. I, I'm going to grind it out. I'm going to hustle it out. And what winds up happening is, is they start burning themselves out and they get disillusioned with life. And so they start anesthetizing themselves because they know they're not where they should be, need to be, could be. And so I, I know anesthetize is a big word. I had to look it up. <laughs> I had to, even though I went to North Carolina, I had to look it up, Aaron. I'm a, I'm a Google it. And, uh, it has to do with anesthesia, anesthetics. You, it's a numbing agent to dull pain. And so what men do in their lives when they have that pain and hurt, instead of reaching out for help, they anesthetize themselves. Only they turn to pornography, mm -hmm. alcohol, mm -hmm. Netflix, right. video games, whatever. Work more. I'll work harder on what's already not working, you know? So yeah, like you guys know what I'm doing. You guys listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. You can relate. Sure, sure. We, we, instead of going, I want to be free. So all of the anesthetization, all it does is keep you fettered and get you further in the hole. But as soon as a man raises his hand, goes, hey, time out. I need some help. Then he's set free. All of a sudden that thing loses its power in your life and you're able to begin to rebound and live, assess game plan, execute and win. So what is the next step? So this audience, I don't know where it, where it lands. I have a feeling 
you know, there's a pretty fair amount are here in Columbus, Ohio. The reason why I ask is, you know, we're here in Columbus, Ohio, you're in Florida. Is this a local thing? Is this through the website? How do people connect with you and learn more about what win your days? Oh yeah. Great question. So it's virtual. I mean, I coached zoom, so I was coaching guys, you know, this morning from California, some are in Kansas, some are in North Carolina. Many are here in Florida. They're all over the place. And they're just guys that are going, yeah, I want to level up my life. I want to win in life, love, and business. And Jason, if you got a proven system, I want to know what it is. And so guys in Columbus, guys anywhere, Aaron, I, I don't coach women because women already have it together. <laughs> Well, like women already like, they know their thing. So I focus on, you know, I do focus on men and on March 4th, if, if men want a little taste of what I do, like occasionally I'll do these live workshops oh, cool. that are on zoom so they can come in and I do all my coaching it's on zoom. And so, but on March 4th, 7 30 AM Eastern, I'm going to teach men my proven system on how to win in life, love and business. And they can, they can click a link. Well, let's put a link to this and sure, they sure. can register and, and sign up for that. And that'll be a beautiful thing. And you have a website as well. They can go to that too. That's, they can check. The they, sure. Sure. They could check when your days out, they can read a little bit more about me, what, what, when your days is all about. And that's when your days.com. When your days.com. Pretty simple. <laughs> it is pretty simple. Did. For any of the ladies listening, I did not mean to laugh when he said that you all had it together. That was out of respect. It was not, I didn't think it was a joke. I, I laugh because it's true. <laughs> to yeah. The point. It, so just, yeah. just to clarify, I laugh because it's true. Because I know in our house, uh, that is very true. Well, all the ladies in my house have it much more together than I do. Aaron, you're spot on with that because, and, and, and I, I say it tongue in cheek, like nobody, none of us human beings have it all together. Here's what sure. ladies are really good at. They're good at community. They're good at talking Absolutely. to one another. They're good at listening, right? Yeah. A lot of times us guys, we're not like, if you're good, how many of you guys listening to this and you women can relate to this too, right? You're driving, you're, you're going on a road trip. Maybe it's a cross country. I don't know. You're going on a vacation and the guy just wants to get there. He wants to conquer it, make good time. He wants to Clark W. Griswold it and make good time. That's right. And guys go through life and they're like, I don't have time to stop for gas. Yeah. <laughs> that just sounds so dumb. It sounds so foolish. It sounds funny. Like, I don't have time to stop for gas. I'm going to keep going. Ladies are like, no, let's stop for gas. Let's grab a coffee. Let's talk. And the guy just runs out of gas. And so when your days is all about, okay, let's like in sports, call the timeout. Let's assess. And I developed an assessment tool. Let's game plan this, this thing. And we'll put together, we'll go execute that thing and, and we'll win. Together we'll win. So beautiful Love thing. It. All right. Run through it one more time for me. March 4th at, you said 7.30 a.m.? March 4th, 7.30 a.m. And they can Eastern. register. As a matter of fact, I want to do this. Tickets are just $47. Here's what I learned. People that pay, pay attention. That $47 will go right back to the unscripted podcast. Come on. Any, any of the men 
that are subscribers to the Unscripted Podcast, you guys listen, all of that goes right back to support Unscripted. Okay. I'm just one that, again, when I studied leadership, the greatest leaders are the ones that gave back a lot. And I just want to give back. Man, that's unbelievable. I swear, I swear to this audience, I had no idea. I'm, I'm a little speechless. I don't, man, I appreciate that. That's amazing. Yeah. So I got, I got to mark off my calendar, March 4th at 7, 8, 7.30 AM and it's Eastern time. Eastern time, right? Which, which you guys through the time change, you guys are on Eastern now too, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So technically well, anywhere you hear that, that's Eastern time. And man, that's, uh, maybe the greatest gift I've received from this podcast. I thought I'm speechless. Well, to say thank you very much. You know, podcasting is a labor of love, like Trinity Fitness. It was three years before I received a, a first paycheck with Trinity Fitness. A lot of people don't know that it was a labor of love. I was working full time doing another ministry and Trinity Fitness, and it took it took over three years to get my first paycheck. And podcasting is a labor of love, and sure. I want to support what you did. I've listened to a handful of the podcast. It's great content. I think you do a wonderful job. I love what you stand for, Aaron, and I want to support any way I can. So hundred percent ticket sales go right back to unscripted. Man, that's amazing. And, and we will, uh, we will continue this partnership, awesome. whatever that may look like. I look forward to continuing our partnership last time when your days.com when your days.com that's the I website. And I will, yeah, I'll shoot you a link. I'll shoot you a link for the registration of the Win Your Days live event coming up on March 4th. Love it. You are the best. Thank you so much. Thank you to our friend Trey for this connection. I look forward to much, much more with you. And and honestly, I, I'll be there the fourth because I need it myself. So hey, I'm gonna practice what I preach and be there, uh, learning myself a little bit more how how I can be better husband and man and friend. To right others. on. Right on. Yeah. It's all of that. Aaron, you've been, you've been wonderful. Thank you for the blessing of having me on unscripted podcast today. And I uh, love getting to know you virtually and I uh, can't wait to see you again. Well, next time I'm down in Florida, I'll give you a shout. Cause I do tend to make my way down there quite often. And I always say every time I go to Florida, good things happen. And this is just more evidence of that. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Appreciate you winyourdays.com. Thanks so much, Jason. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Unscripted Podcast with your host, Aaron Conrad. Make sure to like, share, follow, and review on your favorite podcast platforms. Also, make sure to check out my song, Great and Mighty One, on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your music. We'll see you next time on Unscripted with Aaron Conrad.